The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you'd like to take us up on one of those free retirement reviews and have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. <coughs> Excuse me. So Josh shared something from, I think this came from Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, this is awesome. So the Twitter, or formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, X. whatever. What's it called? X. That was a brilliant branding move, <laughs> Elon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe stick to rockets. Uh, so there's a guy named Adam Rossi, and um, he, he, you know, he's a part of this FinTwit world or FinX world, I guess now. Um, and I'm going to read you this. Bear with me. Um, I'm going to read you this uh, thread. I guess they call this, um, and it's it's brilliant. And it, and this segment is about. There's no 140 character limit on tweets now, so oh, okay. you can just blast it you out. You can go as, a multi, as much as you yeah, want. Yeah. And so the idea here is um, we're going to talk about active versus passive because Spiva, uh, it's a Dow Jones company. Um, they have the Spiva data, S P I V A, and it, it looks at active money management versus passive money management and now they uh have 30 years worth of data so s&p global that you know the s&p 500 is built off their index uh igr the s&p 600 they're i would say they're the biggest index provider the most money is indexed to their indexes so as i said in here 30 years ago bill clinton was ready getting ready for his inauguration as 46 u.s president uh and so we had um we had the data now going back to that point on active money management versus passive money management. We're going to share that after I read this, but this is a really, this is so poignant because so many of you out there think that there's these people out there that have access uh, to all this information and all these deals and they do. But ironically, a lot of these deals and now having all this information still underperforms the good old S&P 500, which requires no scale and almost no energy and what, to own. And what's clear is like all these people that, that, you know, their premises like networking and just getting access to those people. And they're typically like those aspirational people and you, everyone knows them and everyone sort of has them in their their broader circle of friends and I'm increasingly introduced to them and they all want to get to this place where they know the people that have access to these deals. But at the end of the day, the S&P still, still wins. So here's, here's this tweet from, or whatever they call it now, from Adam Rossi. He says, I have done a, a Thursday morning call with a group of eight amazing entrepreneurs for years and years, all folks that have built and sold companies. We initially created the group to share investment ideas, but of course, much of it is personal and family stuff as well. On our last call, we did a thought experiment to see if we would have been better off investing all the proceeds from the sale of our companies in the S&P 500 index rather than private equity, angel investing, real estate, uh, uh, equity, uh, precious metals, bonds, uh, then we actually, which, which is what they actually did invest in, and you know the answer, right? Is uh, this th this question is rhetorical question? We all underperformed. Some of us dramatically underperformed, like a third of the return of the S and P 500. In my case, I sold my company in 2010 and was very slow to build up a portfolio. It took years, and during those years, the index crushed me. Just being underinvested during those years guaranteed that I would underperform. But wait, it gets worse. Not only did we underperform, we also paid way too much in taxes compared to holding the index. All those private equity K-1s and LP deals uh, where someone else was making the decisions to sell assets and realize taxable events. If we had just bought the S&P 500, we would have carried interest and paid no tax other than the dividend payments. If we needed cash, we could have borrowed against the stock, which is ultra tax efficient. Oh, and it gets even worse. All of the illiquidity we took on all those deals, we didn't get paid a premium for that. The hassle factor 
We didn't get rewarded for that either. Managing tenants in real estate, coaching founders and angel investors, reading pitch decks and interviewing general partners, the list goes on and on. We could have bought a dumb, in quotes, single index, paid almost no management fees and mentally checked out the next minute and done much better. I'm not saying the the, the 500 largest U.S. companies will always outperform other asset classes forever. But what I am saying is it's damn hard to beat that index. And the, and the truism, time in the market beats timing the market, is well true. And the more you transact, generally the worse you do. Tax efficiency is also a major underappreciated component of wealth preservation. Uh, I'm not going to say the rest. So this is a great – I mean this is not Josh in my opinion, right? This is somebody who has access to all the things you, you all say you wish you had access to, private equity, you know, all of these deals that are supposedly so great. And the reality is, you know, you look at some of these private equity firms that are now famous. They got – they hit – you know, they, they got Uber or they got Microsoft or they got Facebook or they got Google. And one deal made up for the 50 bad deals they did. But that one deal was so great because it was Facebook or because it was Google, their household names and their considered savants when in reality they just got lucky. It was just one of their many deals that were doing they were doing. And so it's the same with Jeff Bezos or these people like – you know, I mean – all power to Jeff Bezos. He built an unbelievable company, but all of his net worth is tied to Amazon. And, you know, for the most part, he crushed the S&P because that business was so great. Um, but all of the rest of us out there, the lesson is abundantly clear. And when you look at the SPIVA data and you account for all of the funds that go away. So here's the, the other dirty little secret of the asset management business is there's all these mutual fund companies that manage actively manage funds. A lot of times they just make them go away to make the overall firm look better from a performance standpoint. So if they have funds that have been a disaster from a performance perspective, they just shutter them or they merge them with another fund so that track record goes away. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> I used to work at one of these mutual fund companies, and we always had – at least 10 funds in incubation where the fund company would incubate them with $100,000 and then some money manager would manage them. And, you know, they would pick the, the three funds that had the best track record. They had no outside money in them. They just had internal money. But they could use that three-year track record to publish to the public, even though there was no public money in there, and advertise these funds with track records from the get-go. And so um, it's this game that the SEC and FINRA and all these uh, companies allow them, or, or sorry, regulatory bodies allow them to do. Um, but these, so the, the SPIVA data that Josh and I are talking about that looks at Active money managers versus passive money managers, it doesn't include all the funds that shuttered uh, or those funds that were in incubation. And what's crazy to us is less than over 30 years, less than 2% of active money managers beat their respective index. And so when I say their respective index, some money managers, they're trying to beat the S&P. Some are trying to beat the mid cap index. Some are trying to beat the small cap. Some are trying to beat international. And there are categories where active money management does a little bit better uh, in, in the world of like small cap, for example, or emerging markets where there might be more disparity. REITs is the best. REITs is another one. But Across the board and, and in the categories that matter the most, the big company names, um, you know, it, it's abundantly clear. And so we, a few segments ago, we talked about, you know, you, you really have two choices, uh, hire a, a, money, a financial advisor to index for you or manage money yourself, but index, they all point back towards indexing. And this data is real data. We're not, Josh and I aren't saying our opinion is you should index because we think it's better. This is, we think you should index because it's abundantly clear. If you want to have the best performance, you should be indexing. 60, almost 60% of the funds didn't survive. And the other thing that's really, really funny is uh, actually replicating the S&P 500's return turns you into this awesome fund. And so, yeah, I mean, most of these guys are closet indexers and they overweight or underweight certain uh, sectors to try to beat it. But the reality is just from a performance perspective, it's abundantly clear. And then if you look, you know, at the at the tax after tax or before tax, then it's just it's a no brainer. But the large cap core, ninety eight percent of large cap core funds underperformed the S and P five hundred over the last thirty years. And back thirty years ago, where was the S and P five hundred? It was at four hundred and thirty. And where is it today? Forty eight hundred or so. Yeah. So. 
All right, if you want to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get one of those meetings scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Hi, it's Mike for Highline Homes, where we know there's nothing more exciting than the promise that a brand new year can hold for you and your family. It's just the kind of excitement that many Highline Homes families have already experienced for themselves. We're totally happy with the house. Check out floor plans and virtual tours right now at HighlineHomes.com. Whether you've built a home before or you're brand new to the process, the Highline Homes team is with you every step of the way. Everything went to as planned. H-I-L-I-N-E-Homes.com. Oregon CCB 181069. Highline Homes. On your lot on time, Bill Wright. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Looks like we need to sell our furniture and mattress floor models to make room for the new 2024 products. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The clearance sale is on at Wilson's of Redmond. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands on mattresses, sofas, love seats, sectionals, and recliners. Cocktail tables, end tables, over 700 accessories, up to 50% off. Wilson's clearance sale is on now. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The sooner you shop, the better the selection. It's on at Wilson's of Redmond. It's gotta go. Better get in. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Well, I did it. I'm Leslie James, and you've been hearing me talk about my journey to reverse my osteoporosis for a couple of years now with OsteoStrong in Bend. I joined the OsteoStrong program and followed their advice, and according to my latest bone scan, I am osteoporosis-free. I am living proof that it is possible with patience and dedication and my membership to OsteoStrong. Try it yourself. Mention you heard OsteoStrong on the radio and save 50% off your first month. Be better. Call OsteoStrong today. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. <laughs> Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, Josh and I do a video on the 15th and 30th of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets and how that affects our clients' money, but you don't have to be a client to get added to that list. Go to our website if you want to get added 
to that list. So real quick, I, I do want to, there's uh, what's in for 2024. There was a really cool list out and what's out for 2024. Um, and before we talk about revenue sharing. So uh, what's in for 2024. I'll go through this list really quickly. Reading finance books and building investing confidence, saving first and spending last, maxing out your 401k and other tax advantage accounts, Roth IRA conversions. These are all what's in for 2024. Setting up a health savings account, automating your investing, keeping beneficiary designations up to date, trying or tying portfolio withdrawals to portfolio performance. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Bonds. I don't know if I agree with that. Being a minimalist. I don't know if I agree with that. Rebalancing. Small cap stocks, I don't agree with the second derivative of artificial intelligence stocks, um, active, uh, exchange-traded funds with low fees. So those are what's in for 2024. What's out for 2024? Checking your investment portfolio every day. I just want to keep reading that one. Uh, feeling shame for financial mistakes. Using a raise to justify unnecessary spending. This is what's out. Dissing a 60-40 portfolio. Manifesting money goals without saving. <laughs> Come on, that's the American thing. Uh, YOLO, NFTs, and meme stocks. Josh, you hear that? Those are out. Uh, Keeping up with the Joneses. Too, too early on that one. Keeping up with the Joneses. That's Josh's millennial. That's out? That's out. Who is this from? Morningstar. Oh. Uh, they're all, they're too old. Worrying that the government will, they're too old. That's like saying <laughs> I'm too old. Worrying that you the are. government <laughs> will begin taxing Roth IRAs. That's out? That's out. Underspending in retirement, that's out too. I like that. Holding too much cash, that's out. Digital assets, they're out. Uh, derivative income, that's like, what's that, like uh, driving Uber and stuff? Derivative income? Yeah, come on. Uh, making five $100 purchases instead of a single $500 one, <laughs> that's out. Uh, avoiding conversations about money, that's out. And understanding the bucket approach, that underestimating the bucket approach, that's out. So this, this list is whack. No, it's good. There's some good ones on there. I know, but I mean, just like the spending too little. I mean, do you see? No, that's out. Retirees should be spending more in retirement. Of course, but uh, you don't cure frugality syndrome. Like no, well, I'm gonna. I'm the gonna, vast majority. Josh of our and I are on a mission to make our our clients that are rich and retired spend money. There's no cure. I mean. It, all of our boomer client base that doesn't, they spent their entire life accumulating this money. They're not going to switch on, flip the switch I, and I, start spending. I figured out the cure. You know what we could do? <laughs> their kids. We could have that. No, we could have them take our families on vacation with them and we could show them what a good time it is to spend money. Just the lonely We'd just be ones. spending their money. <laughs> just the lonely ones. <laughs> oh, I've got the solution. No, but if you could see your beneficiaries needlessly waste your money within 18 months of your death <laughs> I, I think it would most definitely change the perception of a lot of people out there because of you wanting to spend it we we get to watch it happen while you unfortunately will be dead and it's really really sad because uh they definitely piss it away on things that you would find abhorrent they can't wait to get their money their hands on the money uh so okay so one of the things that i want people to understand about our industry uh, part of this radio show is to help people understand sort of how the sausage is made in the financial services industry and why certain things end up in your portfolio. So just in the interest of full disclosure, uh, we own ETFs in our client portfolios. We don't get any compensation to add things in our client portfolios. We don't get any kickbacks, no revenue sharing. None of this stuff happens with our clients. We, and, and the reality is we use such low-cost investments with our clients. There's no extra money in there for them to pay us to use them. Uh, but there's this thing in the uh, financial services industry called revenue sharing, and it's in every industry. So like, if you go to a grocery store, there's a reason that certain beers in certain locations and certain you know, cookies are in certain locations is uh, they do something called revenue sharing or a kickback or they pay them to have that shelf space. And so it's not unique to our industry. It just so happens that our industry, there's you know billions and trillions of dollars at stake. And so it matters. And so um, you know, you have certain investments or insurance products in your investment portfolio that are in there because of a deal that was done between a mutual fund company and your brokers, you know, your home office of your broker, not because it's the best investment for you. And so uh, there, you know, there's a reason that most of your financial advisors out there pick actively managed mutual funds or separately managed account managers uh, because they can charge a fee to do it. And what happens is, is they, they say, okay, uh, Edward Jones, for example, we're going to uh, give you back 
25 basis points or 2.25% of the assets that you have with us uh, in the form of a revenue sharing agreement. And it's not illegal. And so let's say that Edward Jones uh, sends, uh, you know, has a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars in growth fund of America at American funds, American funds sends them 0.25% back of the management fee they're getting on that growth fund of America fund in the form of a revenue sharing agreement. And all of these firms, by the way, Edward Jones, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, Ameriprise, they all have to disclose this revenue sharing agreement. And not only do they have to disclose it, they have to disclose how much money they made on it. And so, you are sitting, your, you know, you look at your investment portfolio, you look at your statements, and you have this Franklin Templeton fund or this American fund or this, you know, you name the fund, and, and, and it's in your portfolio, and you say, your Delaware fund. You say to yourself, well, I wonder how that got in there. Is that the best investment for me? And oftentimes, it's not. It's because the firm that your advisor works for did a revenue sharing agreement with that mutual fund company. In fact... I've been privy to one of those meetings. I've been in one of those meetings uh, when I worked for a mutual fund company after college, and I felt like such a dummy, and I felt so naive. I was 21 or 22 years old, so you know, cut me some slack, and I don't work in that world anymore. But I was privy to some of those meetings that went on, and, I, and it was like uh, really eye-opening. I said, you know, wait, some lady and some widow in Dubuque, Iowa or Topeka, Kansas is going to get our mutual fund, not because it's what's best for her, but because it's what's best for Merrill Lynch in this case. And and they said, yeah, son, that's that's how this all works. And so, you know, again, everything in our world points back to indexing. If you put a Vanguard ETF that charges 0.03% or a Schwab ETF that point, charges 0.03%, there's no extra money in there to revenue share. So that's why those things never end up in your account. Because if you're, if you're, you're in a Morgan Stanley or a Merrill Lynch, of course you're not going to see that within your portfolio because be, they literally can't do it. Yeah, there's no extra money in there for them to pay a kickback so that it ends up in your account, even though they can't argue with us that it's the best investment. Like, you, you know, you look at the performance of all those things they put in there and their fees are dragging them down, the taxes are dragging them down. And so, but they still argue that that's the way to go. It's not the way to go. It's the way to go for the firm because of the profitability factor of that money. So um, we, we just would tell you that revenue sharing and revenue sharing agreements uh, are, are rampant throughout the industry. I remember when uh, Elliot Spitzer uh, went after the the asset management firms to try to make this, and he they kind of made him go away. It was like going after the mafia. If your advisor claims they're an asset allocator, but they're just allocating your assets to an actual asset manager and picking the managers for you, that run for the hills. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. You just got to get to that ultimate source. And it's a conflict of interest, right? It's on it's on the platform because uh, of that revenue sharing agreement. All right. If you would like to be part of the program, you have a question for us or a comment. You can give us a call. The number here is 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about ETFs. It's the ETF 101 segment, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. About 100 years ago, Bend started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today, it's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than a half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family-owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out. With many 
decades of expertise in the Central Oregon area. We're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technologies gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or anytime in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kind, discontinued models and old furniture friends. Looks like we need to sell our furniture and mattress floor models to make room for the new 2024 products. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The clearance sale is on at Wilson's of Redmond. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands on mattresses, sofas, love seats, sectionals, and recliners. Cocktail tables, end tables, over 700 accessories, up to 50% off. Wilson's clearance sale is on now. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The sooner you shop, the better the selection. It's on at Wilson's of Redmond. It's gotta go. Better get in. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. If it leaks, clogs, strips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. If water doesn't flow where it's supposed to go, it can be a real bummer. Severson will get it done. Your Central Oregon plumber will treat your home like it's ours. That's our duty. We're the guys. In the blue booties, if it leaks, pops, strips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 SkyRizzy to learn more. You still thinking job change in the new year? Yeah, I need something that's in high demand and more stable in this economy. IT? Yeah, cybersecurity, maybe even AI. That's what I did. Really? How? Went to My Computer Career. You don't need any prior experience, and you could start your new career in a matter of months. A lot of IT pros go to school there, too, to level up. Sweet. Are classes online or on campus? Both. Wow, I'll check it out. Thanks. Make this your year. Take the free career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back. If you want to sign up for that e-newsletter, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, a little box will pop up, and you can put your info in there, and that's the only thing that we will send you. Uh, and you can see why Josh, or sorry, I should say why I have a face for radio. Uh, and Josh looks like Tom Cruise. About to be a uh, high-quality production coming in the middle of the Yeah, we have a new, new producer Brand of, new our, camera. of our e-news. So uh, there was an interesting article this week um, looking at how much money people said they needed to make by generation to be happy. Uh, and baby bo- the baby boomer generation said that they needed a salary of 124000 to feel happy. Uh, it was... Um, it was similar for my generation. I'm Gen X. Um, most generations, the, the number was similar. It was in that between 120 and 130 thousand dollars. They all said they needed, except for 
Drum roll, please. Mr. Finelli's generation. That is the millennials, which I am. I just really love to make fun of the pick on the millennial generation because they're so ridiculous. They're all Peter Pans, except for Josh, of course. Uh, but that's because his wife beat it out. He didn't of even him. say the number. Yeah. So uh, here, here it is. So most generations, they say, in order to be happy, one hundred twenty-five thousand ish to be happy. Baby or millennials, five hundred and twenty-six thousand. <laughs> Come on. What do you? What is that? You guys need your fancy cars and your fancy vacations? Is that what it is? Now I understand the source of my discontent. Just in the interest of full disclosure, Josh drives like a 15-year-old, like, what's it called? CRV. Honda CRV. It has leather seats, It's called quiet luxury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Josh is is raging against the baby, or the millennial. Although I think if I asked Josh what the number is, it would probably be a big number. But we, well, that's for a different conversation. And then uh, Josh shared this with me. This came from Bloomberg. Uh, this makes me this makes me crazy. But Calsters, uh, which is the second uh, biggest pension in the United States behind CalPERS, Calsters is the California State Teachers Retirement System. Um, <laughs> they came out this week and they said they're going to have to borrow thirty billion dollars with a B. To maintain the liquidity, meaning so, you know, they have all these pensioners on uh, getting receiving pensions from Calsters, all these people that work for for teachers in the state of California that are receiving pensions that they promised. And because Calsters invested so much of their money in private equity and illiquid uh, investments, they need to borrow money in order to meet the obligations and keep the liquidity requirements that the pension has. And so because the reason that they're doing the reason that they're borrowing money is because they don't want to actually acknowledge the value of the private investments they own because they if they sold them, worth. it would be a mark to market. <laughs> and so they're going to pay exorbitant interest costs to borrow money and to meet their liquidity needs and in hopes ultimately that rates go lower and they don't ever have to actually acknowledge what those investments are worth. You know, that's the ongoing game in the private investments world right now is no one wants to truly admit what they what the value of their portfolios are so they can continue to play this game if they don't sell them and mark them significantly higher and mark them at a significantly higher value which is crazy so calsters in their infinite wisdom is now borrowing up to 10% of their 300 billion dollar uh, investment portfolio. It, it is like these idiots, like where are the board of trustees that are overseeing these investment managers? Uh, they're all asleep at the wheel. This is, this is craziness that this is happening, that they're borrowing. It's, it's call it's costing, you know, they're gonna have to pay 5% interest on that money, uh, which they never should have been in this position to, to have to do that. They should be, they should be getting 5% uh, rather than paying five percent, but you know, in their infinite wisdom, uh, this is their I guess the, best solution. They be, all should be fired. There's going to be more shoes to drop in this space because it, you know a lot of those businesses just incinerated a lot of money, and now the hurdle rate with interest rates higher is so much so much higher. They're never going to be able to meet it, and so this is maybe just delaying the inevitable a little bit in terms of marking marking to market some of those valuations. But uh, stay tuned in that space over the next year and a half for sure. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk, like, sort of give you an ETFs 101 uh, in the rest of this segment. Um, so, you know, it wasn't really – the first ETF uh, was launched in 1993. We, I mean, we just talked about it, really. Yes, yeah, the, the SPY. The SPY was the very first uh, ETF. So they've been for, around for quite some time, but there wasn't mass adoption until relatively recently. I mean, there are about a little over 3,000 uh, exchange-traded products between ETFs uh, and ETNs. Um, and uh, a little over eight trillion in assets. So you know they've obviously grown their the their adoption. Uh, they're not the new kid on the block, and and people uh, are pretty comfortable with them. But you know we in in interest in full disclosure, Josh and I use them uh, with our client portfolios. I own them myself almost exclusively in my portfolios, other than some individual stocks that I've had since literally forever, and you know I can't sell for tax reasons. Um, but for the most part, you know ninety. Eight percent of my money and our clients' money is in exchange-traded funds, uh, and so we thought we'd talk about sort of what they are uh, and then why we like them versus, say, mutual funds. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with mutual funds. Mutual funds, uh, since their invention and existence, have always been a great tool uh, for, especially for retail investors, to diversify their portfolios and reduce some of the risk in their portfolios. So we're not trying to poo-poo uh, mutual funds. ETFs is sort of the evolution of the mutual fund, and and we. 
uh, really think, because it's already happening, uh, when you look at the asset management business, uh, more and more of them will just move their assets from mutual funds into ETFs because that's sort of what is demanded uh, by the consumer. So just real basic, an ETF exchange traded fund is just a pool of assets, just like a mutual fund. Um, so if you think like the S&P, the original uh, ETF, it's just a, a, an exchange traded fund that tracks the S&P uh, in the same companies that are, make up the S&P in the same proportions. So it's a tracking tool to track the S&P 500. Um, and essentially a computer can do it because there's no decisions that need to be made. They just build the the model and then the the computer tracks the S&P um they charge a, a minimal very minimal fee to do that um but it's you know it's a, a pooled asset that uh is a way for you to have your money linked to the S&P 500 that's not a mutual fund um and the the the, the difference is say on a day-to-day -day basis of the ETF relative to a mutual fund is the mutual fund Prices at the end of the day, even if you track the S&P 500, you have an S&P 500 uh, index mutual fund, it's still not going to give you a price of that mutual fund until the end of the day, until all those securities are priced and the S&P comes up with a price. So all, act, all mutual funds price at the end of the day. Uh, the the reason we like ETFs, one of the reasons we like ETFs is they tr trade throughout the day. So, you know, all, as soon as the market opens, all of those ETFs start trading just like an individual stock and you can buy them and sell them throughout the day. For a lot of people, that's dangerous. For us, we, we like to think of, that we take advantage of that in the way that, you know, some you remember some days markets will start the day down 600 and maybe finish up 200. Uh, we like to be able to, to take advantage of that down 600 points in the market. So trading throughout the day is one. Uh, the the other thing, ETFs are, are, for the most part, a little bit cheaper. They're not materially cheaper, especially if you're indexing, but they are a little bit cheaper. And so all things being equal, why wouldn't uh, you, you pick the actual cheaper uh, uh, way to get exposure to, a, to a, any given market? Uh, the other reason that another big reason we use them is because of the structure of the ETF versus the mutual fund. They are much more tax efficient. And so, you know, in, when I think about uh, where I have most of my money and my exposure in ETFs, it's in a taxable investment account. We also have clients with big taxable investment accounts. And so that tax efficiency is so very important. You know, when you have an actively managed mutual fund or ETF every December, you know, that money manager throughout the year is buying and selling. And if they have capital gains, they have to distribute those capital gains to you, the shareholders of that fund or ETF. And you have no say over that, right? You own the fund. You have to pay those those taxes. The ETF, especially if it's tracking an index, uh, there's not a lot of turnover there in the way that they are forced to distribute or not distribute the capital gains. Uh, you're going to be in a much more tax efficient place than if you say own an actively managed fund uh, that traded a lot. So uh, I don't know, Josh, any in the minute or so we have left, any other big advantages of the ETF over a mutual fund? Nah, I, I mean, transparency, I guess. Oh, yeah, the, that's a big one, though. Yeah. The mutual funds have to post their holdings uh, much later because we are passive But that one's, you know, the direction of that is also that there's a lot of innovation in the space and non-transparent ETFs are certainly going to become a bigger thing within the industry in the years to come. But if you're an indexer, you don't care because you own the index and yep. so that transparency. But yeah, so ETFs, exchange-traded funds, um, you know, there's more and more adoption. You know, even at Vanguard now, you can convert your mutual fund into the corresponding ETF. They'll do it for you. You can call them up and say, I own the mid-cap fund. I want to convert it to the ETF and they'll do that for you. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or you can always email us by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com when we come back we have one last segment we'll tackle some of your emails so stick around get your free one hour retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant wealth management investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988 again 800-743-0988 
Hunting for a new place to live in Bend? Want amenities like a modern kitchen, attached garage, washer dryer? Put Alpine Meadows Townhomes on your list of places to see. Alpine Meadows Townhomes, quiet and affordable. With one, two, or three bedroom floor plans, you'll find the space you want and call it home. Alpine Meadows Townhomes. See them online, then call for a personal showing. 541-330-0719. Conveniently located on Northeast 6th in Bend. When you think about family and home, hopefully it brings back some wonderful memories. That's what Mountain Glen Apartments are all about, making new memories for your family. When you call Mountain Glen home, you'll enjoy a modern designer kitchen with plenty of counter space and storage. Choose from one, two, or three-bedroom homes on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Mountain Glen, where memories are made. Find them online, Mountain Glen Apartments. Then call for a personal showing, 541-383-9313. Travel Plaza Food, fuel, and fun After a long day And you want to play Get your mind off of the road Have a great meal Try our slot machines Life's good on the plateau Quick stop Anytime Get you everything under the sun Life's good On the plateau Food, fuel, and fun Experience a trifecta of delight at the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. Fill up with budget-friendly fuel, savor fresh deli delights, or indulge in our buffet at 3 Teepees Restaurant. Shop for local treasures and travel essentials all in one stop. Elevate your excitement with 40 thrilling slot machines in our game room. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. It's all here at Plateau Travel Plaza. Life's good on the Plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Driving a big rig in winter can be tough. Breaking down in the cold is worse. If you break down in the Portland area, call Ultimate Truck Service first at exit 995 Vancouver. They'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready. Air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services. They keep you rolling. You still thinking job change in the new year? Yeah, I need something that's in high demand and more stable in this economy. IT? Yeah, cybersecurity, maybe even AI. That's what I did. Really? How? Went to My Computer Career. You don't need any prior experience, and you could start your new career in a matter of months. A lot of IT pros go to school there, too, to level up. Sweet. Are classes online or on campus? Both. Wow, I'll check it out. Thanks. Make this your year. Take the free career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. Cozy up with friends and family this winter at Stoller Wine Bar Bend, centrally located at the Box Factory. Celebrate the season with Stoller. Sip award-winning wines alongside an assortment of perfectly paired plates, beer, delicious wine-inspired cocktails, and non-alcohol beverages. Grab your friends and head to the Stoller Wine Bar Bend. Open Monday through Saturday until 9 p.m. and Sunday until 7 p.m. with live music on Thursdays. What are you waiting for? your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this snowy weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. Hopefully you're all out there Staying safe. So I'm looking at a chart from Creative Planning, uh, Charlie Bolello, uh, and it's looking at the S&P 500 going back to 1928. And obviously the years that the S&P was up are green and the years that it was down were red. Uh, and it's looking at the average, the drawdown, the interyear drawdown of the market. So how much it was down intra-year and then how much it either was up or down uh, at the end of the year. And so the S&P 500 has returned 9.8% annualized since 1928 with the average intra-year drawdown of 16.5%. So what that tells you is the on any given year, the average drawdown is 16.5%. There was obviously some 
years where the market was down over 50% intra-year. And so there is there is no way to get the upside of the stock market without going through these drawdowns. Uh, and while they're painful and when they're happening, they feel like they're going to go on forever, just know uh, that one thing they all have in common is that they all end. Because at the end of the day, the stock market is a proxy for earnings. And, and, and as earnings grow of these great businesses we have in this country, so will their stock prices. But you know, the market is manic and there'll be short term periods where they think these businesses are going to go broke and they and they sell off. And so remember, it's time in the market, not trying to time the market, which is how you're successful. Think about 2023. I mean, we finished up 24 percent on the year, but you had two like mini (coughs) mini crises throughout the year. That March banking issue is, you know, what what was that? A 12, 13 percent drawdown in a matter of a week and a half. Yeah, I thought it was like 18 total. But yeah. And then, of course, September and October sort of had that grind lower and then just rip into the end of the year. But of course, volatility is the price you pay for the excellent returns over time. Yeah. And I'm bringing this up because we're due. Like there's one on the horizon that's going to happen. And some of you out there are going to make some bad financial decisions based on a market sell off. And, you know, they're inevitable. The only way that you can get the higher returns that exist in the stock market is to go through these these sell offs. And what you do when it's happening uh, goes a long way in determining what your performance looks like. Um, and then I'm looking at the S&P 500 median total return from 1928 to 1923. Um, and, you know, the longer your holding period. So the big money in investing is made not in the short term wiggles, but the big moves. The longer your holder peri- holding period, the higher your perspective return. And so the longer you stay in stocks, the better your returns are going to be over time. In the short term, like these, the idea that somebody can tell you what's going to happen in the market in the short term is laughable. And it's funny. It's so funny to me and Josh. This happens all the time. We'll get the, uh, well, what do you guys think is going to happen in 2024? And it's like, of course, we have opinions, but they're useless. They're not worth anything, just like nobody's is uh, as it relates to what's going to happen in the next 12 months in the stock market. Because you know, people, they can fly planes into buildings and, you know, all of these things that can happen that nobody can imagine. Uh, and so why bother wasting your time on things that uh, don't matter? All right, let's tackle some emails. We got an email uh, who's this from Randy and Ben. Randy says, hey, guys, love the show. Listen when I can. Uh, uh, I have what I think of as a larger than normal emergency fund. And he puts emergency uh, fund in quotations for two reasons. One, I own my own business, and two, because I'm relatively conservative, with yields being different across different safe investments. My question is, how do I evaluate where I should invest that money? Should it be in savings accounts, CDs, money markets, bonds? Thanks in advance. I'll listen online if I don't hear it on the radio. Uh, Well, you know, without... This is just generalized advice, of course, but, you know, immediate liquidity needs or money that you want to keep immediately liquid, I would put in some version of a federal money market and still enjoy, you know, that state tax-free treatment of... Uh, in a money market, you don't get it. You have to own the bond directly. And the, but the Treasury Direct or some version of treasuries is probably your best solution and sort of also staggering the duration is going to be your best option, I would think now. And maybe that means keeping 50% of it at one year, another 25% at 18 months and another 25% at two years to at least sort of hedge your bets uh, in expectation of yields declining. We don't know to what extent that's actually going to happen, but uh, buying individual treasuries, we think is going to be your best choice as far as um, in within that reserve fund, especially if you live in Oregon, get the state tax treatment. Yeah. I mean, I think the only difference I, I'd sort of say, Randy, like how much, liquidity, immediate liquidity do you need? Um, you know, obviously we own a business too. We're in the same exact situation as individuals and as business owners. So, you know, our, our business, we have a, you know, a cash that our business has to deal with from an operating standpoint. And then us as individuals, we have cash that we have to deal with as individuals for, you know, our households, running our households. And so I just would say, you know, instead of saying go all in one category, maybe stagger it and say, okay, like I'm going to keep at the bank what I need, um, for my operating and then a little bit of leeway. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you keep it in checking or savings, it's, they're both going to pay you next to nothing. And then you can sort of go from there 
And like I, I'm not a giant fan of CDs because of their illiquidity relative like to CD the CD rates and money market rates money market rates are better and there's liquidity same with bonds and so uh, you know a CD is going to lock you in I, I I understand that some people like that FDIC insurance but we had a client in here I, I love this guy he's quite sarcastic he, you know he's I, I explained to him you know well a lot of people like to buy the CDs because of that FDIC insurance and he says well because he was going to buy treasuries with his money that we're talking about. And he said, well, wait, people think that a CD is going to be safer than a treasury? And I was like, I'm not saying that. People say that. And so that's the reality. The vast majority of our client base thinks that. Yeah. And, and well, and it's because of that F FDIC insurance being important to people. But so, you know, the operating stuff at the bank, then money market, and then probably bonds uh, would be. And the, ca that the caveat say. on the money markets is if it says treasury in it, and most of them are 99% state tax-free income. Yeah. So, and then real quick, we got an email from Janice. Uh, I'm selling my house after subtracting all the selling costs, stepping up the basis for capital improvements over the years and using $500,000 capital gain exclusion from the IRS. I will still have a significant capital gains tax due. Does this tax need to be paid via the quarterly estimates uh, when the house, in the quarter the house closes, or can I wait to pay the capital gains in the filing tax year? Um, it, Janice, what's interesting about this is we just had this with a client base. So the so what she's talking about is a couple gets a five hundred thousand dollar exclusions on the sale of a house, and then above that, you know, so let's say her cost basis is X, she gets the five hundred thousand dollar exclusion, and she still had a gain. If you own your house for a long time, that's pretty um, normal. Um, so. Above that, the United States has a pay-as-you-go system, and so the IRS says as you're get, making that money, in your case, Janice, they want you to pay. So you you should talk to your accountant, of course, first before you take our advice on this, but uh, the U.S. system is a pay-as-you-go system, and so they're going to want you to adjust your quarterly estimates. The other thing you could probably do is pay 110% of what you paid last year to avoid the penalty if you really want to hang on to that money. But uh, again, I wouldn't want to owe money to the IRS. That's uh, worse than the mafia. All right, that's our show this week. We appreciate you listening. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show, Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.